And you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. We are going to have our next quiz. It says, complete the following. The light of the body is... Blank. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. We have an amazing prize for this week. Do you have any of these cookbooks? I do. do you know? Okay. Do you know which volumes you have? I particularly love volume two. Oh, I have volume okay. six. I have volume three. I have quite a few of them. Do I have number eight? No, I don't have number eight. Oh, Maybe I should go in for the draw nah, too. You can't. <laughs> Sorry. It's, uh, you, we, we've had plenty of hosts come on the show and be very interested in these books and say, oh, maybe I should enter, but obviously I won't. conflict it, I of promise interest. I won't. Well, guys, if you want to make this, – this is epic. I love just reading through the meals that it's got here. If you want to make salmon-like fish pie – so again, it's salmon-like because this is completely vegetarian, like vegetarian and vegan. You know, um, really healthy, plant-based, healthy, but amazingly tasty. And you'd be able to attest to that as well, having mm. the books and cooking the food from it. Mm. If you want to make salmon-like fish pie or Mexican veggie mince tacos Yum. or sweet potato cauliflower pizza, oh, or, sounds oh, interesting, wow, dude. There's so <laughs> much good stuff here, dude. Um, Italian polenta smash, roasted tofu mingle. Like, this is, it's just incredible. I'm, I am, we are, we are wanting to give this to you for free. You just have to get your answers in and enter into the draw, which is tomorrow. So, and they're super good quality books the, too. Oh, I was saying that. Not just the recipes, but it's good quality books. I've seen that a lots couple of days photos. Ago. So they actually have the recipe and then the photo next to it. Even if you don't cook, this is like a prime coffee table piece. You know, people will come into your house, see this on the coffee table and will be impressed. And we learned a couple of interviews ago that Jeremy takes the pictures himself. Which he, is, he learned right, how wow. to do it because he's like, now nah, I want to make a cookbook. I need to learn how to take yeah. photography. And <laughs> that is incredible. It. And now, yeah, eight, eight cookbooks later, he's yeah, still yeah, and I'm, he's a I, and that's incredible. And I think it's just amazing. How can he have so many different recipes? Like eight cookbooks with so many in it, and he doesn't repeat any of them. Yeah, I love it. And we talked to him on the show. He's like, I'm just developing. He's like, I'm I'm always developing, you know, I'm always in the lab. You know, he's like, how can I come up with the tastiest plant-based concoction? Hey, 0491-064-669. Do you want to read that quiz for us one more time? Yes, complete the following. The light of the body is dot, dot, dot. Blank. If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. We've got a couple of text messages that have come through. The first one is actually one that my friends sent me personally. They're listening to the show and they're married to a Korean and they say, hey, you know, my husband's friend owns Mizumi and yes, they're all Korean. So as I was saying in the intro to the show, went to the restaurant yesterday and, and I'm like, this is a Japanese restaurant, but they're they're playing Korean music and everyone here kind of looks Korean. And then I asked them, well, I asked them if they were Japanese. And they're like, actually, no, we're all Korean. <laughs> I was like, hey, cool. Um, but then also I was sharing early in the show the testimony that I had about uh, reaching Pakistani people over, you know, sharing a Bible study with them and, and just kind of being unashamed uh, of of what I was sharing. And, and from the perspective that, you know, the topic I was sharing was God's true church. And I I, if I could just recap for those who mm-hmm. weren't listening, 
uh, I was sharing with these Methodists. So the so there was a Methodist pastor. So we were sharing over WhatsApp call. This Methodist pastor was my translator, and I'm sharing this Bible study about which church is the true church in the Bible. And I went through all the signs and whatnot, and ultimately came to the conclusion that it, it could be none other than the Seventh-day Adventist church. And I had no idea that the pastor, the translating for me, was a Methodist, and that most of the people there in this Bible study were, there were you know, most of them were Bible study contacts from the community. But then also many Methodist members, and they accepted what I said, Isn't and now cool? it's gotten back to me that you know they are wanting to join the Adventist Church and whatnot. I had no idea that they that the pastor was an Adventist, and and it's so funny because I think like I was just really like you could have seen that as like oh Lawson, you were really bold to share that. But I had no idea. Like, if I had have known he was an Adventist, I probably would have gone lighter and easier and softer. But as a result of sharing the whole truth, they accepted it. And now... God's then, worked on their hearts. And, that's right. And God used you in a mighty way. We had a text coming from Janelle about that as well. She says, Praise God for your witness to those people, Lawson. It's amazing um, the way the Holy Spirit moves. Very encouraging. And again, I just want to say, like... It's 100% like I fully believe and can see that it is God working. And so really, I I, want to encourage everyone that you have the ability to share in this way and to do these types of things as well. Hey, got another text message coming through here. It just simply says, this is, um, you know, someone that I don't think has ever tested in before, but they just say, you guys rock. Thank you for the Bible study each morning from God's word. Um, they are so uplifting for me. Thanks, Sonny. So mm, hey, shout out, Sonny, and praise, praise God that you could be blessed by what we're sharing from the word of God and, and particularly as well looking at the things that are happening in the world and what is taking place and reflecting on what God's word says um, mm. and how we can respond to them and how we can react to them. Guys, thanks for t- sending in text messages this morning and we have a whole other hour of the show where we're going to be doing Bible study and looking at what the Bible says. If you have any comments, 0491-064-669. Of course, as well, getting in your answers to the quiz, which you guys have been sending through a plethora. Been quite a few coming through this morning. Absolutely. Hey, we are going to get into our study of the book of Ephesians and we're just now you know, reaching the book of Ephesians. Up until this point, we've been looking at the historical context. We've been looking at the book of Acts. We've been looking at Paul's interaction with Ephesus. But now we come to the book of Ephesians itself, this letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesians in around 62 AD at this time when he is in confinement in Rome. Now, this book, this epistle, it's interesting to observe these letters because the audience that this letter is being sent to isn't necessarily us. Well, but the thing is, the the beautiful thing is, Lawson, what I love with Paul's letters, that's the Mm -hmm. thing, they are letters. Mm -hmm. And so they're very personal. And in this case, what we're looking at is his letter to the Ephesians. Mm. But all the letters that Paul writes, in fact, so much in the Bible is is there for us as well. There's application for us. People think sometimes that it's just for that context, back for those days, but it's not. It's Mm -hmm. actually for you and I today and everyone, you know, that that, that lives this so much that we can actually put in. And what I love with Paul, Mm. if I can say, you know, what I love with Paul is that at the start of his letters, he always introduces himself. Mm. Yeah, he always, like, it's it's a very personal thing that he is doing. He's like, this is me writing. And and then throughout a number of his letters, we can see once he gets to the end of the letter, he'll start, you know, talking, oh, you know, greet this person or say hello. 
And I guess the question could come up. It's like, this doesn't necessarily seem like a, well, when you read the content itself, it obviously is a theological work, but it's like, oh, but this is a letter, you know, it's not like a gospel. Mm. You know, the gospels have very clearly, when Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were writing them, it's, oh, this is going out to all the believers all over the world. Or, you know, it's not the book of Psalms or say, you know, one of the historical books of Israel, you look at a Kings or a Samuel or something like that. Mm. They very clearly have application to a widespread audience. Oh, yeah, quite, quite. Quite spread out, really. Yeah. Very Where, much so, yeah. Whereas you read the epistles and it's like, man, he's talking to like real people. Uh, well, like just like literally mentioning by name, like greet this person and talk to this person. The the question could come up like, wh- well, why is Ephesians even included in the Bible? Yeah, is is Ephesians not just like a letter that I'm saying, right, say, if I was to write a letter to my friend encouraging them and teaching them about a bunch of stuff, is that not what you know, the, the letters are attempting to do, but what is very plain and clear to see is when you get into the content of the letters itself mm. and for, for when at, when it came to the time to canonize the Bible. Now, like, what should be included in Scripture? And they're reading these letters is, and they're like, wow, no, this is, although they are epistles, although they are personal mm. letters to people, this information is so applicable to all of us. To all of us. And the thing is, with the book of Ephesians, it looks very much, um, and, and as we go into the next few weeks, it, we'll unpack that more, but it's very much on the nature of the church and its mm. origins and the importance of, of mission, really. Mm. Um, and so each of um, Paul's letters, actually, um, there's similarities. I love the fact that he always starts off grace and peace. Yeah. Be with you, uh, with the Lord um, in... Uh, uh, basically, sorry, grace, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He mm. he always brings that brings that in, but then he also goes into quite specific areas, and Ephesians covers that much more on the nature of the church. Absolutely. Well, we can see here we've got in our our study a whole outline of the certain sections of Ephesians. And and this study in particular, it's broken up into 13 different sections that it's like, okay, this is each part, what it's getting at. And you'll probably see this, a similar thing in your Bibles as well, when you see different subheadings in chapters and whatnot. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Now, we won't read the verses themselves, but let's just quickly run through each section of Ephesians that it's got listed here and just see some of the the different things that Paul will touch on. If you can get that for us, Danuta. Yeah. So, look, Paul actually covers initially, of course, um, a greeting. That's his common way that he actually follows. In fact, his letters follow similar format to what the letter formats were back in his day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he expands and things. Then, So that's in the first two verses in chapter 1. And then we go into um, him looking at uh, the blessing, the blessing of uh, the redemption in Christ, because, of course, we know with Paul, he's very much so gospel-centered. He's in many ways you could call him that he was an apologetic. You know, he mm. very much stood. He 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 yeah. stood up for Christianity, for Christ and the gospel, and about that. You know, he, he just preached about the resurrect, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. We could consider Paul one of essentially the father of apologetics, yeah. or how we understand how we. Uh, you participate in apologetical writing today when it comes to the Bible. Paul is really the originator of that, and I think that's why it's Big so time. important to include Paul's writings mm. in the Bible. Because definitely at the same time, I would 100% testify and say that Paul was an inspired prophet. Mm. Paul 
had interactions with Jesus. He received prophetic visions. We can see this in the history of him, which is in Acts, in his historical narrative and story. And so the things that he has to write and has to say were coming inspired by God, even in these letters. Uh, but and, but I think God is doing an amazing work in that sense that it's like, okay, I've given you everything so far. I've given you the historical background in the Old Testament and even you know the poetry and, and, mm. and the prophecy of the Old Testament that all kind of converges into this climax pinnacle event of Jesus, which then you know I've inspired people to mm. um, write accounts of. Then if we jump down to the book of Revelation, you know, we then have our final prophecies in our last, mm-hmm. you know, looking forward to the future. But then between those points, between the Gospels and between Revelation, you have this whole section that is unique to the New Testament, which is like, but what does this actually mean and how do we apply it and how do we argue it? And, and mm-hmm. what were those at the time who were being led by me to share this information what did they say about it? How did they apply it? And so there's such a practical oh, element to what, practical element. what Paul is writing. But again, from an apologetical standpoint of like, this is the way that we, we actually use Paul as a template of how did Paul quote the Bible? How did Paul interpret the Bible? We, we use him and we, that's what we see mm. in his letters. And what, what I love with that and um, on, on that, you know, and how does it apply with us um, in, in many ways too? The, the beautiful thing is Lawson, um, or should I say it's, it's beautiful and not beautiful in some way because the, the, difficult, mm. the difficulty during his time was that there was so much um, secularism in the sense of sorcery. Sure. Uh, magicians, all of that. In mm. fact, there was it was actually. Um, I mean, can I just point out some things about Ephesus as we go, go into absolutely. it? Absolutely, oh, I love it because yeah. I think it will help us also as we then look at why he then covers some of the other mm-hmm. aspects as well. But it actually Ephesus was actually an important commercial hub during mm-hmm. the day. It was actually a city that had about 200,000 to 250,000 people. Okay. So it was probably like the third fourth largest city at the time. And it was a, a major commercial hub. It was also ad, an administration center. Um, and it was actually, um, the reason it was actually a major commercial hub is because a major trade highway running from Anatolia to Syria. Mm. Um, and, um, and also, so it was a major administration center. It had a large temple that was the center of worship of the goddess Artemis, or known as Diana too. But here's the interesting thing was the center of magical practices and major center of cult. Mm. And if you remember like two days ago, you know, you're covering on, on radio, um, we were covering that, that, um, in Acts chapter 19 Mm. and where it says that they, they actually burnt, um, when, when they heard the gospel, in, in um, Acts nineteen nineteen, it says, also many of those those who had practiced um, magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all, and they counted up the value of them, and it totaled fifty thousand pieces of silver. Wow! And so the thing is, Paul in Paul's time in Ephesus, mm. he was going into a place where Christianity. He was, you know, he was going in where there was there was this picture of. Um, Similar to what is today, that it was mm. very worldly. Mm, That's absolutely. the term I would actually put it in. And so he then brought Christianity in. And so, yeah, just amazing stuff, which is why he writes this letter. Mm. And I love that you've shared that too, because often what we see with epistles is that we are reading essentially one side of a conversation. It's like it's like when you stand there and you're next to someone on the phone and you assume what the, the conversation is going on by or, or what the conversation is about. By, because you can only hear them. You can't hear their responses. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, though, you, 
in those situations, admittedly, you know, you can hear someone talking about something and you can get quite confused because you don't know the context. And you're like, man, what, what is this person going on about with this person on the phone? And, you know, it's often like they'll get off the phone and you're like, man, what were you talking about? And they're like, oh, sorry, I was talking about this, 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 this. And they clear it up. It's like, oh, okay, fair enough. It's similarly with the epistles. There have been times where people could potentially misunderstand what Paul is saying or misunderstand what he's writing yep. because they haven't realized, again, the context of why the epistle is being written. He's having yep. a, a conversation. It's one side of a conversation that he's having with another group of people. So knowing that information about Ephesus and knowing how the city functioned and what would have been some of the challenges there and whatnot just gives us more and more insight as to why Paul would write Ephesians and then simultaneously how we should interpret the content within it and how we should apply the content within it as well. And how we should apply. And it also gives us an idea as to why he spent three years there. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, we read, we read the, the other day that he first three months when he went to Ephesus, where did he go? He went to the synagogue mm. and he argued with them, hey. Mm-hmm. But then he actually went in and, and so there was a lot of home churches, um, mm. you know, people um, being converted in, in homes as they studied and yeah. he actually took the message to them. And so this letter... Here's the beautiful thing. It's not just a personal letter to um, uh, to the Ephesians, but they would have personally been reading them in their groups, in mm. their homes. Absolutely. I think it's also genius from a ministerial perspective that Paul went after this city so so much, you know, to, mm. to spend three years there. In fact, if you look at a map of the ancient world um, and you look at where this city is, you look at where Ephesus is, which is on the, essentially the 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 eastern side of the Aegean Sea. You've got Ephesus on, on, the, on the Asian side of the Aegean Sea. Mm. On the other side of the Aegean Sea, you've got Corinth. And these were two places where he spent most of his time and where we have writings to. You know, we yep. also know that he in went Athens up, and, up yep. into Greece, into Athens, into Thessalonica, into Philippi and whatnot. But over the, the last couple of chapters where, well, from basically 17 to 19 of the book of Acts, he's basically crossing back and forth the Aegean Sea from Corinth to Ephesus, Corinth to Ephesus, mm. like back and forth to these two major hubs. And as you said, Ephesus was 250,000 people, a major hub of trade because it's right there on the coast same with right corinth there. you've yeah. got one corinth on yeah. the european side and then ephesus on the uh on the asian side people are going in and out of these cities and paul is just so smart he's like wait well obviously he's called there by god yeah uh, but uh, from a logical perspective it's like okay where can the gospel have the most effect to be able to reach a worldwide audience oh well the places where everyone is <laughs> go- going in and coming out obviously he's eventually going to make his way to rome the yeah. center of yes. of you know the roman empire and and where you know he would have a very high level of influence mm-hmm. but he's like okay you've got these two places and it basically covers the entirety of the roman empire in terms of asia and in terms of europe doesn't it <laughs> so it's it's quite genius and quite, quite smart genius. and i think that definitely informs more as to the information that's being shared in the book of ephesus and why so much of it is focused on church practicalities even in corinthians as well again corinthians is is a much longer book first and second obviously there's first, first and, and second, second corinthians as well it's a much longer book and you know he's very much responding to a lot of the issues that are taking place in corinth but the the one of the main reasons 
you could see it's like, oh, why did he spend so much time laboring in these areas and why would he write these books? Is like these were the hubs in which people were being reached the most and the most people mm. were coming out of into it. Because you can imagine, it's like if many people are coming in and learning well, the gospel. major trade centers, weren't they? And so people were coming in and out. And so yeah. if they heard the gospel, that they'd be taking it out yeah. to wherever they would be going. So it's like, so then it's like, okay, which place needs the most information on how to practically run a church? It would be Corinth and Ephesus. And if, again, looking to Corinth, you have the information about, you know, how the church functions and, and church structure and whatnot. Ephesians, similar information as well. And, and Paul is like, yes, this is, this is what's going to enable us That's to right. reach the ancient world by being in these places. But yeah, right now, That's looking it. at Ephesians, where we get up to in our, uh, in our structure, we'll keep reading yeah, through. Yeah. So we covered about the blessing. And then, mm. um, the third, third one out of the 13 is praying for believers to receive Christ focused wisdom. And that Ooh. comes in the later part of Ephesians. Mm, absolutely. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Hey, final quiz. Give it to us. This man was sick for, for quite some time and died before Jesus arrived. When Jesus arrived, however, he immediately raised him from the dead. Yeah, who is who he? Who was it? <laughs> Absolutely. If you know the answer, 0491 Your last opportunity for today. This is the penultimate day to get in for the quiz. So and to get in for our draw, which is happening tomorrow, in which you can win the amazing Revive Cafe Cookbook Volume 8, which we want to give to you absolutely for free again. Provided you win the quiz, oh, provided you win the draw. So, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. You want to read that one for us again? This man was sick for quite some time and died before Jesus arrived. When Jesus arrived, however, he immediately raised him from the dead. Who was he? Mm, absolutely. You're listening to the breakfast show this morning. Let's continue through. We we're picking it up and we're looking at the structure of Ephesians and we're looking at you know the different sections that we find in the book that Paul has written. Mm. So we just finished off on praying for believers to receive Christ-focused wisdom, and that was towards the end of chapter 1 of Ephesians. Mm. And then the next point is, once spiritually dead, we're now exalted with Christ. Mm. You know, Because what I love with Paul, and I've got it circled, I don't, I don't know about you, Lawson, but I love to write in my Bible. I've even got um, notes, music notes for, for Bible verses that are music, you know, songs. That is amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at over but- your Bible. I am just... <laughs> That is incredible. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a digital notes guy. I, I, I hate handwriting. True. Personally, it's my it's one of my early. Well, I had this thing with my hands when I was younger that made handwriting really right. difficult. Now I've kind of grown out of that, but I'm like handwriting is not my. I'm a I'm a notes on the computer guy. Yeah. But it's I'm looking over at your Bible and well, every time we sit down to do radio before we come <laughs> on, you're like circle this, underline this. I'm like that is awesome. Yeah, I love underlining and circling. So this is my third Bible I'm doing this in because the others fall apart over time. Wow. <laughs> but what I love with Paul, I'm going to say here that I've had circled for quite some time in this Bible is that it's always in Christ, in Christ. We're mm. going to touch on that more another time. But Absolutely. it's such a Christ-centered, um, centered letter. And so, yeah, once spiritually dead, we're now exalted with Christ. And that's covered particularly in chapter 2, which has that famous verse for where, for by grace you have been saved. Mm, absolutely. Know? And, you know, looking at, by you know, by faith, by, through Christ, you have been saved. But also once spiritually dead, now exalted with Christ. It's also touching on the journey of sanctification as well. The way that 
God can work through us and in us to, to change us. Yeah, to bring us from death to life. It's it's mm. you've got the justification experience that that moment where you you uh, accept Jesus. I've heard that it said like that. Time. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. justification is the work of a moment because mm. you have that time in which you realize Christ is my savior. He is my all in all. And there's and nothing you, I can do to be saved. I don't have to work my way to heaven. Mm. And you accept him. And I remember for myself in particular, I was sitting in a Bible study. It was about the character in the Bible named Mephibosheth. And I was looking at, you know, he's Saul's grandson and lame of the legs and he's all messed up. And there's a whole story there. But David takes him in as his own son after his family dies. And, and the, the, uh, the application, the, the appeal from the Bible study was in the same way that God is, uh, David takes Mephibosheth in. God has taken us in, even though we're not good enough, oh, even we're though done. we're failures. And we, what proves that is through the death of Christ. The mm-hmm. fact that Jesus gave everything for us, even mm-hmm. though we'll never live up to how good God is, mm-hmm. we can see that God truly loves us. And I remember I was sitting there and being like, this is a God that I want to follow. Like, this is a, a Jesus that I want to believe in and, and accepting it, you know? So mm-hmm. beautiful stuff there. Beautiful. We continue on. We have now um, the next section, section five here in our Bible study. It says, Christ's creation of the church out of the Jews and Gentiles. I love this, the mm-hmm. unification of the body of believers. And again, as we mm-hmm. said, Ephesians largely deals with the church and its function. Mm-hmm. And we can see that here bringing, again, the Jews and the Gentiles, a mixed multitude together that all have become one mm-hmm. in Christ. Well, and that, that whole theme of oneness comes through so much, one in Christ, one one baptism, one faith, one God, one faith, one baptism. Mm-hmm. That comes through later on in Ephesians as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and um, and so yeah, that oneness really comes through. And so for Paul, it was really important that the Jews and Gentiles were one, mm. one. Absolutely. Well, the the barrier had been broken down. You know, the veil had been torn. Uh, it was now time for for the the unity of believers to take place, which was something that was happening, as we mentioned, Corinth and Ephesus and whatnot. Both of these places had Jewish synagogues and temples. Mm. And as a result of this, yeah, and, and well, it brought with it its own challenges. Oh, big challenges you know, which we'll be covering. Yeah, yeah. Judaizing Christians, and then uh, you know we talked about the Gnostics yesterday from Christians coming from the Greek perspective mm-hmm. and and sharing a bunch of heresy in that regard. But uh, you know, despite this, Paul is call, calling for that oneness. Continues on uh, the next section we have here in chapter three, one to thirteen, is Paul as a preacher of Christ to the Gentiles. So I think. Again, writing to Ephesus and writing to a mixed multitude that includes Jews, there would be some level that Paul, even though he's ministered to these people for quite a long time, as the church increases in number and more Gentile, both Gentiles and Jews are being converted, mm. there would be a need to call for that unity, but also to, for Paul to assert his position as like, I am a preacher to the Gen- I'm a Jew who preaches That's to the it. Gentiles because because of this, because, because of what I've shared on this unity that needs to take place, that's why I'm sharing to the Gentiles, but then mm-hmm. simultaneously encouraging the Jews who would have become Christians mm-hmm. in that area. That's why you should mm-hmm. share with the Gentiles And he very well. clearly says, doesn't he, I have been called to preach. You know, in, in chapter 3, he actually says that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Mm. Which, you know, in terms of unsearchable riches, and we use those words, another word that I think of similar is like ordinances, you know, the, inf- the, the scriptures, the every the practices everything that's been given everything. by God it's something that the Jews largely largely kept to themselves for for many centuries and even millennia but now Paul is like okay again the the 
The barrier's been broken down. Let's reach these people. Mm. Mm. We continue on. The next one that it has here, the next section, praying for believers to experience the love of Christ. Mm. Now, this is in- incredibly important, you know, to, again, we're talk- calling for unity amongst the church and whatnot, but without experiencing Christ's love, there will always be con- those contentions and, and divisions and, and whatnot. It, we even, we see this today amongst mm. Christians in, in different areas, amongst, you know, Christianity, we look at, uh, you know, the, the struggle between the Russian Orthodox Church and the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, right? And it's like, wait, both of you groups are Christians. What, what's the issue? Well, mm-hmm. if we just look at church history, the Protestants versus mm-hmm. Catholics, like all these things, all contention amongst believers. And I think that, you know, just because there is maybe contention between two groups doesn't mean that neither of them have the love of Christ. And I, I think of the Protestant Reformation in particular. And as a Protestant, I'm like, no, Protestants were, many Protestants were experiencing the love of Christ. But again, there was contention between these groups because there wasn't that unity between them. Mm-hmm. And I think also for good reason, there wasn't unity between them, you know, because there's much, much falsehood that had been yeah. shared throughout the dark ages. But he's saying, hey, for us to experience a unified, loving church, we need to first experience Christ's love. Mm. Big time. And the thing is that, you know, with the Jews, um, yeah, they didn't want to accept the Gentiles, which is why that's such a key thing. Our next mm. one is hold on to the spirit-inspired unity of the church. Which, as we've been saying. Yeah, as yeah. we've been saying in Ephesians 4. And then the next one goes on to live the new unity-nurturing life, you know. And it's got to be about nurturing. Um, it's got to be about nurturing um, in every possible way. And so living in that newness in every way. Mm. And so that, that gets covered in Chapter 4. And um, in Chapter 4, it's, uh, one of the titles I have in my Bible says Walk in Unity. So very, mm. very central throughout that whole, uh, that whole chapter. Then towards the end of the book, it starts to become a little bit more pragmatic here. We've got the 10th section, Walk in Love, Light, and Wisdom. The 11th section, Practice Christ-Shaped Life in the Christian Household. The 12th section here, Stand Together, the Church as the Army of God. Again, making it very practical for the believers, which is just a classic way to set it up. He starts with the more conceptual here and then bleeds that through into, okay, what can you do? How can we practice this? How can we have this in the last section? And then finally, closing with a greeting, which we might read just now. If you want to pick it up for us, Danuta, Ephesians chapter 6, 21 to 24. And it says, But that you also may know my affairs and how I am doing. Um... Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make all things known to you, whom I have sent to you for this very purpose, that you may know our affairs and that he may comfort your hearts. Peace, there it is, peace Mm. to the brethren, and there's the word, love with faith from God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Another one of his famous words, grace be with you all, those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Mm, I love this because Paul, he's, again, we're seeing this letter that has lots of theological information to share, lots of commentary, pragmatic elements, but he's like, my brothers and sisters, as we read yesterday, his close connection to the Ephesian church, he's like, my brothers and sisters, like, Please, you know, I love you guys. Take this on board and live with Christ. That's it. Live this out and you will be not only blessed, but you will be a blessing as well. And and this is why it's so key for us to explore the book of Ephesians and see how how can we function the same way. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. 
And we've come to a time where there's no more questions, there's no more quizzes. This is answers. <laughs> so that's what we're here to do. That's what we're about. So let's let's run through them. What's our what what are our quiz answers? So the first one, according to the Bible, who was the oldest man who ever lived? It, he was nine hundred sixty nine years old, and the name is Methuselah. Mm. Methuselah was the oldest one. We got a few people who came in saying, uh, "I'm sure you're asking for Methuselah, but you've also got to think about Enoch." Is the way the question is worded. Yeah, but he like never died. Like he he That's was right. taken to heaven. The same thing can be said about Elijah, you know. So, but that doesn't. But Enoch count. was older than Elijah. Yes, but oh, we're looking at those that, but, that lived sure, and sure, died. Sure, was sure, the, oh, sure. Yeah, no. So fair enough. But yeah, we. Yeah, we probably should have added on to there, hey, who lived and then died. Maybe. Well, I think I think the, the, um, the question gives a bit of a hint here because it says, according to the Bible, who was the oldest man who ever lived? Not the oldest person living. So, guys, you know, if, if you answered anything other uh-huh. than Methuselah, Da-da. you're wrong. So I just want to, like, I, I am hardline with these quizzes, eh? Yeah. I'm, I'm not, there's no sympathy here. Oh, you've got to have some softness there, Lawson. <laughs> Come on, be real. But, you know, some would have thought Noah because, you know, he's so prominent also um, with building the ark and that. Sure. So some people think. Number two, how many times a day was Daniel in the habit of praying? Three times a day. Yeah, three times a day. Mm. Yes, he was well known for that. Number three, to what does Paul compare the body of Christ? Was it a tree, a puzzle, a temple, or the human body? Uh, the answer was the human body. Now, this is another one. We had some answers coming through for, oh, it's the temple. But the Bible says that the body, being our, our human body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like, this is this is what Paul is writing in First Corinthians. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, the, the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But, again, in the question, guys, you've got to be on these, listening to these questions. What does Paul compare the body of Christ? And what is the body of Christ? It's talking about the church. Yeah, so the feet, the part, the head, the all of those. Exactly, yep. exactly. Okay. So number four, complete the following. The light of the body is blank. And we find that in um, Matthew six twenty two. the answer is the eye. Mm. The light of the body is the eye. Amazing. Number five, this man was sick for quite some time and died before Jesus arrived. When Jesus arrived, however, he immediately raised him from the dead. And the answer is Lazarus, a well-known yes. story. I've actually been to Bethany with my husband. Wow. And we went down to what's believed to be the tomb of Lazarus. Oh, and it's amazing. really narrow. And I thought... My husband and I said, like, how would they have even got him down there? Because there was, like, these really narrow staircase, you know, all all, um, rocks, and then then just really narrow, and the turns. It's just, like, amazing. But if that's the real one, I don't know how they got him down, but he was there. And how, you know, when Christ called him, how he would have had to come up. Yeah. I think (laughs) often when we imagine these Bible stories, we kind of put them into a context. It's like, what does a funeral possession look like? A procession look like for us, and it's like, oh, it's 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 probably like the actual thing is quite different. But simultaneously, there are a lot of sites in the Bible lands where people are like, this is the place yeah. where this happened, or this yeah. is this is where this happened. It's like, ah, uh, really? Like, there's multiple locations for you know where Jesus was crucified, or where he was held, or you know where this story happened, or where that story happened. But that being said, the story of Lazarus itself, I I think it is. Just one of the landmark moments Landmarks of the Gospels. Moment. And I think it really served to show his followers at that time. Like Jesus up until that point, he's been healing people from the sick and doing all these miracles and whatnot. And mm. and by this point, like it, it, this healing, this the raising of Lazarus from the dead comes 
just before Jesus will go into Jerusalem for the last time um, to then, you know, live, die, mm. and, and resurrect. Mm. And it's like the final miracle that he shows his people or his followers is I even have power over death. Mm. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Hey, and yeah. like just to see that, imagine being amongst those that saw that, mm-hmm. saw that actually happen. But, you know, quite a lot of our listeners actually got that one particularly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of the others as well. We had quite a lot um, get all of the, you know, yeah. all of those right as the, well. The quiz is competitive this week. The draw is Very competitive. competitive. So, you guys, you need to be getting in. Tomorrow is your last opportunity from the beginning to the show to the end. We're going to have another five questions. It's your final opportunity to get in. But yeah, congratulations everyone for just doing a great yeah, job answering good. quiz quizzes, sending in comments as well. We're going to continue on listening to the breakfast show this morning, and we've come to the end. Oh, we're we're finishing up for the day. We're going out to do a number of things. Actually, I'm going to go motorbike riding today. It's going to be really fun. Going, going. You've got good weather friends. for that. Absolutely. I'm I'm living the student break life now, so I'm I'm chilling. <laughs> and then and then you know heading out to dinner with one of my friends tonight and um, celebrating. So not his Japanese birthday. and or Korean this time. No, no, he's he's actually Chinese. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I think he wanted to eat Italian. Food. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But hey, we've come to the end of the show and we give away something absolutely for free. And as it's the last couple of days of June, mm. we have to, again, express our giveaway for the end of financial year. The, the giveaway that we're doing for Faith FM merch. How can people enter that, Danuta? So there's 16 different ways. Mm-hmm. One of the key ones that's the best one, um, if you can, is, is answer a question or and just give us some feedback even mm. on, on how you're finding the show, what you really enjoy about it, how you feel that we could improve, what, what some of the things you'd love to hear on Faith FM, uh, what are some of the topics mm. you'd like us to cover. Give us some some feedback on that would really appreciate it some of the other ways are sign up for the sound bites e-magazine download the faith fm app enter using facebook visit faith fm on facebook mm. enter using instagram visit F- at faith fm australia on instagram visit faith fm on youtube Aussie Pastor Live Concert Secret Code. There's a secret code for that one. Text that mm. into us. The Breakfast Show um, Secret Code as well. Do you know yep. what that's the code So the for Breakfast Show Secret Code is the word Wheat Bix. Yeah. So guys, head over faithfm.com.au, type in Wheat Bix to the prompt there, and you'll go into the draw to win Faith FM merchandise, jumpers, shirts, hats, all the good stuff, which I own multiple of and are in my regular wardrobe rotation. But guys, hey, remember to talk faith to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ today. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.